Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. The very best part of today, other than the fact that Jesus shows up every time we gather, is that Pastors Len and Lori Rutten are here. And uh, I haven't checked with any licensing authority, but I have decided today that we are going to, uh, we are going to give an honorary PhD to Pastor Len because he is going to have an honorary doctorate in saying shocking things. Some of you have been around when he said a few things before, and you think that, hey, Grandpa's coming over to give us lemon candies and pat us on the head, but no. No, he, he delivers something with a lot more passion and a lot more vigor, and then every once in a while, he'll completely blow you out of the water by saying something vaguely inappropriate. And I love Len and Lori so much. Of all of our friends in the ministry, I do feel like, of other churches, I do feel like Enjoy Life Church and what you, uh, Len and Lori, what you guys are doing there is of a kindred spirit, the same DNA that we have as a church to build the way God has showed uh, some of us to build. And so we want to welcome you with open hearts and open arms this morning as they come, church. Let's welcome them. Bless you guys as you come and share whatever it is God's put on your heart. Just a very quick hello. Welcome today to Generations Church. If this is your first time here, you found the right place. I just want to reassure you of that. We've been here a few times now, and this really does feel like home. It feels like family, and we feel like our relationship has grown over the years. So thank you for making this your, your church home and for coming here and supporting um, pastors Travis and Amy. And it just it warms our hearts to come back every time and to see growth amongst your leaders. We had the privilege of spending time with some of them last night. And so we just say thank you for the invitation. We really are building in the same kingdom, right? We are building in the kingdom of God. We are family. And to find people of like hearts, of kindred spirits, is always really exciting for us because there can be times you feel like, oh, we're just slugging this out alone and the devil is attacking us. And coming with different things, and it's difficult at times, but when we know there's families of churches serving Jesus together with the same heart and the same goal, it just gives us courage that, yes, we can keep going, we can keep doing this. When we come here and actually step on the land that God has given you guys, which is amazing, it encourages us. We will have a bigger space one day that we're needing, and so we can just be mutually encouraging, and we're just so encouraged to be here today. So bless you here in Grand Prairie. Love you guys. Amen. Amen. Just say the same thing, but thank you for inviting us, you guys. It's an honor. And to hang out with your eldership team, the leadership team of this church, what an amazing group of people. And it doesn't just happen. Those groups of teams and sweet times don't just happen. You, we, we fight for that, and it takes... Courage, Travis and Amy, it takes commitment, laying down your lives, and God just adding amazing people to you. And I, we just want to commend you for the work you're doing. And our prayer is that God would just take this church to the next level and the next level and just more of God in every way. And to see this hall filled like this this morning on a beautiful summer day is truly God's blessing. And to have young people leading in your worship and just fruit everywhere we look. Walking on your land. I said it to Travis and I'll say it to all of you. With God's great blessing comes great responsibility. 
you know, when God gives you the dream piece of land that, you know, I have no bitter feelings or anything in my heart, I'm telling you, you better be good with that. You better do some amazing things. You know, the Bible says when the, the big boss, the king, comes back and he finds them burying their treasures, he says, take it away and give it to the one who's got five who will actually do something with that. But I am excited for you guys to see what God's going to do as you just step into the future. And we're walking around there and just have this sense of, man, your grandchildren are going to be preaching the gospel on that piece of property. And nations will be touched and families will be fed. And ah, I could just go all prophetic this morning, but just see trucks backing up and unloading food and groceries and blessings. And just, there's no limit. Amen. May there just be offices and businesses and coffee shops and amazing evangelism taking place off a piece of property like that. I, anyhow, bless you. You're living our dream. <laughs> ah, so it's good to be here this morning, and I, I just want to say God bless you. That clock is right, right? So I'll keep an eye on that. doesn't mean anything, but I, I see there's another one back there. You guys are, you guys are, <laughs> that's good. When the young guy at our church preached last Sunday or two Sundays ago, he said, you know what it means when a preacher says, now I'm going to conclude? It means nothing. <laughs> Punks. So turn in your Bibles to chapter 20 of Acts. I want to talk this morning about something that's been on my heart for a while, and I trust that if it's on my heart, it'll mean something to you. And he, Paul, writing to his friends, and I'll, I'll read the verses in a minute, but just, it encourages me and fires me up when, when we come to a place like this and we meet your team and we meet the leaders and we meet the people. I just, I feel like Paul the Apostle. And he has nothing on us, right? But when he was leaving his friends from Ephesus and he calls them together in this chapter and he knows he won't be seeing them again. He's been there three years, day and night. You'll see it in the scripture when I read it. He's telling them, they won't see him again, and they're weeping, and they're, they're feeling sad because their good friend is leaving. He just gives this, this amazing charge to the elders, to the leaders of that church, and to the people. And that's what I, I want to bring this morning with God's help and God's grace, to watch over yourselves and over the flock, is what the verse is talking about. But when you're young, I don't know about you, but you have a lot of dreams and passions, hopefully you do. I see a young guy, Ryder, going off to college, and I just, you, know, you get excited for the future and the life. And as you get older, not saying that I'm old or anything, but as you get older, you, reality kicks in. Sometimes you, know, you think, well, I'm going to change the world, and then you realize, well, maybe I'll just change my office, you know, that story. Um, you, when you start out with a young family and kids, you think, I'm going to raise these kids. That's going to be the president of the country and whatever, and then you're just kind of glad that, you know, <laughs> they're sort of normal and they're doing okay. <laughs> and as a church leader, many times, you, you know, you have this dream and just, oh, man, they're gonna, this congregation is just going to be amazing. And, and then you show up on Sunday and, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> you, know, you have the ideal and you have the, re the real. But it's, I just want to challenge you to never lose that passion for for more of God and more of the things of God and more just stepping in and taking things and trusting God and 
going big in faith, don't ever quit. Because the world around us is trying to shrink us down to nothing. I don't know what you're hearing, but I'm so tired of hearing people talk. And, and I hear it come out of my own mouth many times, and we're sitting with family, and it's like, we've got to stop this. We've got to stop talking about the negative and the country and the, you know, the climate and the, the world's dying. I'm telling you, it's not dying. That's a lie. God's plans and futures are just as amazing as they've ever been. And as God's people, we need to speak life. We need to speak hope. We need to speak the future and challenge and encourage and all those good things. So this is what Paul is saying in these, these verses. And again, just for free, before we look at the scripture, we have you know, doctor friends and people that we quote and whatever, but one of them stuck with me, and this is maybe the title of my sermon. I don't know what my title is this morning, but he said, choose your heart. And he's talking about health, you know, and you, you choose your heart. You choose not to eat right, you choose not to exercise, you choose not, you know, you're choosing a hard way because it's going to catch up to you. But then if you choose to live healthy and eat healthy and exercise, that, you, that's a heart as well. That's, that doesn't just happen. You've got to work for it, but you've got to choose your heart. And it's the same with church, it's the same with following with, into the things of God. Choose your heart. And we're glad you're here this morning. You know, we can make choices and say, no, we can stay at home and sleep on our pillows and do all those things. And there's consequence for that. I've always said it's never a surprise when you see families go the way they go. It's not a surprise. You just see the patterns of their life, and that's, that's the choices they make. But I'm saying to you, choose your heart. You know, it takes discipline to come and to raise your kids and serve God and live for God. And that's what I want to speak about this morning is some of those choices. And as leaders, our job is to encourage that out of people, but it's for their good. So let's, let's read in Acts chapter 20. I, I will begin. Maybe I'll just briefly go back to verse 17, I think it is. Verse 13. No, verse 17. I don't want to read all of that. Verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, and there we go. He says, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. And so he calls the elders together. And then let's jump down to verse 27. It says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. He says this, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds for the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. And I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will rise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. He says, now I commit you to God and so on. And you can read the rest of the chapter. And as they farewell, they hugged their necks and they wept. And so this morning, Father, I pray you bless your word. I pray that it would speak to someone today. And I pray that God... Your anointing would rest upon the infallible, holy word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So the challenge Paul gives, he says, first of all, 
guard yourselves. And then he says, guard the flock. And, he, you know, going back to the scripture, he says, he calls the elders. He tells them to be shepherds or overseers whom the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer, made you a bishop. So in those couple of verses, he's called the same men, elders, pastors, bishops. I don't care what you call yourself. He's talking to the leaders of the church. He says, be on guard for yourselves and for the church. Is that okay? It's a, char a charge. It's a challenge that we've been given. And so you say, well, this is speaking to elders. This is speaking to pastors, shepherds, overseers. This, this, no, this is speak it is, but it's speaking to all of us. Whether you are in leadership or whether you are the one following some leaders and making a choice to knit into this community. If this is your home church, God bless you. If you're visiting today, may God bless you. Find a home church that you can knit into. Find some leaders that you can fall in line with. Doesn't mean they're perfect. It means that you make a commitment to, to add to what is there. And the shepherds and the flock together make this amazing building, this amazing pasture for God, a place for God to come and be and, and add to and build his kingdom through. And so that's my challenge to you this morning. If you're a leader, watch over your life. If you're one of the flock, follow hard after the leaders and watch over your life because you are also leading some people. So this message is for everyone. He says, keep watch over yourselves. Why? Why do, let's start with the why. why. Why keep watch? Well, first of all, he says, Jesus bought this church, bought these, this flock. He, he used the word flock. This, this body, this group this, that Paul is challenging these leaders to, to oversee. He says, Jesus bought that with his blood. I don't know about you, but if that's serious business for me. When I hear that this is what Jesus bled for, this flock, that's serious. You know, when we stand in front of a group of people in Edmonton, or we're here today, and I see Travis and Amy, and I see the elders of this church, the leaders, and I look out at this congregation today, Jesus takes this serious. This, this was with his blood. You know, I could go off on a whole tangent, but you know, when I hear people knocking the church and I hear people going after leaders and going, or leaders abusing their flock or what, whatever the scenario is, you just say, oh, God, help us. God, we have not, it has, like, there's no way you would abuse something when you understand that Jesus bled for that. He paid his, gave his life for that. And you're going to come along and mess with that? You are in a bad place. That is a dangerous place to be when you start knocking what Jesus bled for. Does it mean this church is perfect? No, it's close. Not quite as good as ours, but it's close. No, but we just think, you know, we're, we're laying down our lives. It costs people's lives. It costs their energy, their finance, everything they have to, to build, to, to add to what Christ is building, to, to build what Jesus is building, to, to join that. And then people want to come along and mess with that. It's dangerous. And I don't want to be those guys. I don't want to be that leader, and I don't want to be that sheep, that member of the flock who messes with Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with the church. 
telling you, choose your heart. You want to not be part of a church? That's your choice, but you're going to have a hard time. You're going to choose to be part of a church? It's going to cause, cost discipline. It's going to cost finance. It's going to cost commitment. It's going to, but I'm telling you, the fruit of it is worth it. Choose your heart. And so Paul's writing to them, and he's saying to the leaders, this is a Jesus thing. Don't mess with it. Protect it and guard it. And he says, secondly, so not only did Jesus buy it with his blood, but he says the Holy Spirit made us overseers, made you overseers. The Holy Spirit of God gave you this job, gave you this calling. So if I talk to the leaders here this morning, whatever area of leadership you're in, you understand that the Holy Spirit put you here? The Holy Spirit has given you that oversight? And how important and how precious that must be. And I ask you this morning to, to evaluate again. Why are we doing this? Why do we lead a church? Why do we step into leadership? Or why do we come and be part of a church? We need to say, God, show us again the value of it. That Jesus bled. The Holy Spirit is working for a purpose. You know, this sounds stupid, but you know, Travis and Amy didn't just wake up one morning and say, hey, let's, let's, let's call a group of people together and see if we can you know, get some songs together and you know, let's, let's do some stuff. Maybe we can get some land. That would be, no, God is working, drawing men and women from around the world for such a time as this. Don't mess with it. It's precious. It's, it's needed in the, you know the, what, the most important thing in, in Grand Prairie right now is this church. This group of people, and, and there's many others as well, so we're not just the only ones, but man, think about it. How important and how precious this happening right here and the, all the things that go with it, not just the Sunday morning meeting, but the relationships and the marriages and the homes and the kids and the teaching and the training and the evangelism and the touching the nation and touching the city, all the things that go with it. Think how precious that is to God and how important it is. And then join that and get involved in it. He says, Jesus gave us blood and the Holy Spirit made us overseers. But also, so it's serious work. Will you say amen? It's serious. But also, he says, Take care and guard. Why? Because these wolves are going to come. Wolves from the outside. And then he says, secondly under that, is also from within. These dirty beggars are going to rise up and they're going to draw men to themselves. They're going to have their own agendas, their own plans. And, you know, the longer I'm involved in leading in a church, half our job is to fend off the wolves. It's like, just, just keep space for this amazing, beautiful family that Jesus is putting together and keeping those devils away who have their own agendas and their own plans how they can use and abuse. And some of them have big titles like bishop and pastor and reverend. And some are just, I don't even want to start naming things. And you just say, God, give me strength, wisdom, how to keep those wolves away from your precious flock. And some people think, oh, it's just because, you know, you, you just want it for yourself. And you just, you know, you got the position. You, no, man, this is Jesus' church. And we're going to lay it down our lives for it. And these devil wolves, they couldn't care less about the flock. 
They come in sheep's clothing sometimes. They come with nice words and you put your hand out and these fangs come out. It's like, oh, that's not a, a nice thing to see. And so we fend that off and we fight for what God is trying to build. And then there's within. And this is the, the group that I, I, I have the hardest time with is when people from within have their own agenda. And, it, you know, if you ever feel like, hey, I, I'm the only one that's ever had these problems, if you go back and you read Paul's writing so many times, not only to, to this group of elders, but the book of Philippians and other places, he challenges them. And the one verse, I just want to read it quickly in Philippians chapter 2, 20, 19, 20, whatever, he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus, this is Paul again talking, to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by the news of you. For I have, this, these words have slapped me in the face many times. He says, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. What it means is that there are so few of us left in the world, and I'm talking to the choir here this morning, that actually put the interests of Christ first. And that's why Paul says, be on guard. Be on guard. So as leaders of this church, and I, I would say as leaders of Sunday school, leaders of women's ministry, leaders of families, fathers, mothers, I don't know, maybe it's in your business that you're called to, to raise up and to build something significant for the kingdom of God, Trust me, the devil doesn't want it to happen. You know that beautiful piece of land that you have out there that I'm trying not to be envious of? <laughs> you think the devil's just going to step back and say, yeah, just, just go for it. Just build amazing things that are going to change the city of, of, of Grand Prairie. Just have at it. That's amazing. He's going to send wolves and demons and liars and thieves and he's going to bring people from within and from without and try to destroy what God is building. And he says be on your guard and fight for it. And so that's leaders being on guard, but that's also the flock saying, "Hey, let's follow. Let's 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 make it easy for these leaders to lead us." What what you know, Paul says those exact words. He says, "What advantage is it to you if you make their job hard?" Make their job easy. Make leaders' jobs easy. Let's hold up their hands. Let's get behind the vision. Let's get behind what's here. And if this isn't the place that God places you, then that's fine. Bless you. There's, there's plenty of things going on in the world. Become part of it. But then get behind it and be part of it. This was all introduction, by the way. <laughs> but they have their own agenda. They use the church for their own ends from outside and within. So how do we guard? Now here's the good stuff. He says keep watch, keep guard. First of all, over yourselves. Whether you're a father, a mother, a businessman, an elder in this church, the first place you always got to start is with yourself. Keep watch over yourself. I think it was Matt um, Tapley at, at one of our conferences a while ago. I loved his example. He's, he's challenging leaders in their lives and in their commitment to God and just and the stuff that's going on in the world today, leaders, you, you hear about it all the time, failing morally, whatever the causes. And I like this example, and it stuck with me. But it was like, 
Sin is so, why are we so boring? Like, why do you only hear of, you know, spiritual leaders failing in adultery or failing, you know, through alcohol abuse or whatever it is, or find, you know, the girls, the gold, and the glory. You know, those, he, he was saying, you know, go shoot down an airplane or something more, you know, something bigger, a little more imagination than just the usual old stupid sin. You know, if you're here this morning and you're going to commit sin, well then, go big. Go rob a bank or something. Get, get in the news or something. Not just some stupid sin of adultery or whatever that takes everybody. That is so boring. Quit doing that stuff. Get Judge yourselves. Watch yourselves. Guard yourselves is what Paul is saying. What is it that's taking people out today? What is it that's taking you out of being an effective person for God? What is it? Deal with it. Ask God for strength. Ask God to, to overcome in your own personal life. So if you're leading in this church, I know you're a target. The enemy's coming for you. You better be on your watch. And you better be ready for the battle that's coming. And then rise up and do some good things for God. You know, Ryder, it was great to pray for him today. I, I don't know you. But I'm telling you, if you want to be useful in the kingdom of God, be like Timothy, one of these guys that has the interests of Christ first. You want to have significance in life and longevity in ministry? Sorry, Ryder, I don't, I don't see you, but I'm just using you as an example. But be one of those guys who dies, who lays down his life for Christ, and who has a, who's looked after himself first, guarded himself first. The enemy's out to take you out. And then he's, you know, in your personal lives, your financial lives, whatever. When, when we see leaders fall, it's, it's, as I said, it's often the same, same old things. So after you've dug in with God and you've taken care of yourself, what are some practical things we can do to guard the church? And I, this is where you come in more, I think, as, as just part of the flock, part of the, the congregation that God has brought you into. And he's, so I got a few of them. I'll see what I get to and what I don't. And I'm using my King James English, so forgive me. My English is not so delicious anymore. Number one, <laughs> if we want to guard the flock, leaders of this church, and then as a flock listening, would you just, would you allow God's grace to be upon these words this morning? I actually am happy. And I love you, and I love the flock, but I take the, this stuff seriously. I went into the ministry in Swan Hills when I was 20. I've been guarding flocks since 200 years ago, it feels like. And I'm, I take this stuff seriously. So when I say this, I, I don't want to come across as somebody who's old and angry and bitter. I want to come across as someone who cares about the flock that Jesus bled for. So number one. We don't let people neglect the assembling of themselves together. Ha <laughs> ha. So, yeah, but you just want a flock. You just want to be. Yes! But it's also for the good of the flock. It's for your good that we challenge you. Hey, you know, when, when, when people aren't around for a while and they show up and they say, hey, are you okay? It's like, oh, what's it to you? It's like, because we care less. And it's because it's actually good for you to not neglect the assembling of the flock when the church comes together. 
So if we want to guard this flock, we say, come to church. Be faithful. Be regular. You know, powerful stuff, eh? Just show up. You want to change the world? Show up. Be part of this. Be part of what God's doing. And as I said all the time, if it's not here, then find a place. This is a church that will challenge you to be a part of something. They'll get to know your life. They'll get to care about your life. And you'll get in all mixed up and tangled up and tied up with people. But it's the best thing for your life. It's the best thing you can do for your kids and for your family. And so we want to guard the flock. We say, come to church. Come to the meetings. Come to be part of what's happening. Is that okay? Second thing on my little list here, we don't let people be self-centered and live selfish lives. <laughs> One of the worst things you can do in your life is be selfish and self-centered. You see people who live for themselves, they're the most boring people that you'll meet. And so if we care about the flock, we, we will challenge that. Quit being selfish. It's, you know, the, the, probably a nicer way to saying it is we, we serve one another on a Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's the truth. The majority must carry the minority. You can't have 20 people in this church serving 150 or 250, whatever. The majority has to carry it, and we'll challenge you if we are good shepherds of this flock, overseers. We challenge you. Hey, wake up, man. Come and serve. Come and be part of the body. Come and take care of somebody. Meet someone else's needs. Do something besides take care of yourself. Well, what's in it for me? You know, you've heard the, the, those American statistics. Sorry it's for the Americans, but they're the best ones with statistics. But it's like they ask, what, you know, what's the point of the church? And it's 99.9% .9 it's to meet my needs and the needs of my family. You know what? That's a lie. The church exists for our non-members. The church exists for those who don't know Christ yet. The church exists for the city of Grand Prairie. And imagine when we start serving and we start laying down our lives and we get this thing. This is what Jesus died for. And we start serving and we put our lives into it. What happens? And I just want to challenge you as, as a visitor this morning. I don't know you. Get involved. Lay down your life. Buy in. Don't wait. And again, I, I see that piece of land, and it's not all about a piece of land. That's just, you know, God's grace and goodness upon you. But buy in. This, the future is going to be good here. And I'm telling you, you're going to want to be part of it. That, I can say without, you'll get, you're gonna, it's going to be good for you. And it's going to be good for your family. True leaders are servants of them all. And, and I don't want to use my old example. I, I've used it here, I'm sure, a thousand times. I've only been here three times, so I told you a million times not to exaggerate. But we exist for those who are not part of us yet. And I love that example of visitors in the basement, and I've shared it before. But after a day or two, they're not visitors anymore. And if they're downstairs saying they want certain service and their eggs a certain way, you're like, hey, the fridge is over there. There's the vacuum cleaner. You can stay for another week or two, but you know, you're not a visitor. And I say it to everybody in the church, you're not a visitor. If you've been here two weeks, <laughs> take a broom, grab a chair, serve somebody, do something, because it's for your good. We are not needy. 
these leaders are not needy. They're not trying to do something just so they have a job. This is what God puts together because it's good for us to serve one another. And I, I don't want to kill that point. I could keep going on that one. But if you don't learn to serve and be part of it, you're the worst one for complaining and you'll be the worst one to, to judge and you'll be the worst one to sit back and say, oh, well, you know, that preacher wasn't quite as good as the last one. Whatever it is. And I'm saying get in and get involved. So, number three or whatever we're on here, we don't let people become stingy with their money. Amen? Do you know it's not good for you to become stingy with your money? It's bad. It's harmful. It destroys the flock. It destroys your life. So we challenge them. So we finance the gospel. We meet the needs of the poor. We will never stop asking that. Just go through scripture. Take care of your brother and your sister first. The household of God first. Take care of the needs of those around. And God will give us more as we are faithful with the little that we have to bless and encourage and all the things that go with it. And that's not, you know, we, you have the bleeding hearts and the socialists who are saying, well, why does the church need a piece of land? You know, think how many people we could feed if we just, no, that's, that's not the point. Because it, you could use up every dollar of this church within one city block of this church of the needs of people, but you've never really met their needs. We need to preach a gospel. We need to call people out. We need to call people into living generous lives and not becoming stingy and not becoming selfish and not being all tied up with their own interests. We, we call people out into more. And at the same time, this is a pastoral church. This is a church that cares for people. I, we watch your Facebook stuff all the time. We, we see what you do and what you try to do. And, and as individuals, as part of the body of Christ, what people do touches the city. But we are called to preach the gospel and to care for people. I like this one. We expect people not to remain big, fat babies. <laughs> if you're a father or a mother, you don't want your 15-year-old to be acting like your 2-year-old, right? Like a couple of smacks on the head helps. Don't record that. A couple of those backseat things, I don't care who I'm hitting, somebody's getting it. Those are good. And sometimes in the church, just reach back, Travis, and start slapping. You may not need it right now, but you're going to need it. You're going to do something. We, as leaders, we, we cannot let people become big, fat babies. And what I mean by that, a spiritual term, we are to disciple and to train up. Don't become a big fat baby. How many years does this church exist just for us? No, it's, it's like we are here for those who, who don't know Christ. We are here to touch this city. We are here to, to do something amazing for God. And that's going to cause us to grow up. It's going to cause us to, to mature and to, to move on in our lives. We are called into the whole world and we must make disciples. We must move on. We must, you know, as a leader, we want everybody to come along. We want everybody to grow up. And, and some refuse. Some, and it's like, okay, but I'm not going to allow that. 
I'm not going to let that become the norm. We're not going to just compensate everything in this church to, to kind of compensate for some of the weak. We'll take care of them. But this is where we're going. We're following Jesus. We have a purpose in our life and a purpose in this church. And we're saying, come and join us. That's all we can do. We can't force you. This is a free world. Churches are free. People are free. Keep people free. We're told that all the time. You're free, but this is where we're going. And come and join us. And if they get it, they mature. If they get it, they get discipled. If they get it, they move on in the things of God. And that's our challenge as leaders. And another one, we insist that people become part of a local church body to be healthy. I'm a local church man. I believe in the local church. I believe it's God's plan. I believe it's what God's doing to touch the whole world is through his local church. And I will say it unashamedly for the rest of my life, become part of the local church. Tie into this family. Knit in. Follow the leaders. Ask God to help you to, to serve this body. And it's not like leaders are up here. It's like leaders... Hopefully we're, we're in front and we're taking, we're taking the, the brunt of things. We're saying, come and follow us. We're not asking you to do things we're not willing to do. And we're saying, come and let's build the kingdom of God. And so here in Grand Prairie, I get excited when I see this church and I see the leaders that are here and I see their friendships and I see their relationships growing. And just a, there's a sweetness. And folks, if you don't know it, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed to have a family like this. You're blessed to have a community like this. You're blessed to have leaders like that who are a team, who actually care about one another and care about the things of God. And they're inviting you and saying, come and be part of it. It's for our good. I said it. It's not because they're needy. It's because this is what's good for us. This is what the Bible teaches us about discipleship, about preparing and, and teaching and training and raising up for the work of the ministry. It's like, yeah, we are in ministry as leaders, but it's the point is to raise up and train up and encourage everybody, the whole body, coming to the fullness of Christ, growing up, maturing, moving ahead in the things of God. That's our job. And so we're saying, come and be part of it. Maybe I'll end with this, maybe. The church is not buildings. You know, in the Old Testament, they've talked about the temple, but in the New Testament... We are the temple. The people are the temple. The called out ones. That's why the church as an organization is completely unlike any other human entity in the whole world. In fact, not so much an organization as an organism. You know, we like those terms. A network of relationships rooted in Christ. And I, I want to I read this paragraph because it's not meant to make the leaders look good or the, organiz or, <coughs> sorry, or the organization is built instead on the foundation of infinite worth and value of each of its members and affects our view of everyone else who's not our member. Our unity is not even based on allegiance to a statement of faith or a common set of doctrines, although we, we, we have the Bible and we are committed to it and it's God's unquestionable final authority. Here's the thing. Our unity is based on our common relationship to Christ. That's why the church can bring together people who would never otherwise relate to one another. So here's, the, here's what, in my English, the church is the only organization, organism in the entire world 
that each one of us is connected to Christ first. So as we are connected to Christ, then he brings us together. And it's that relationship with Jesus that we each have as part of his body, a body, he's the head. That's what brings us together and gives us value and purpose of being together. And that's what brings our unity. And that's what brings us into a place like this where someone who can come from wherever in the world can land in Grand Prairie, a bunch of rednecks, and fit in and be part of this kingdom because he's connected to Jesus. And I could go to Africa and I can connect with the church in Tanzania because I'm connected to Jesus first. So we're the only organization truly in the world, the only group, whatever term you want to use, the church that can bring all of you wild and wonderful and crazy different people all together in one place. It's because we love Jesus. We're committed to him. And so that's where this whole thing has to come to, is that we are committed to Christ. We are committed to him personally, and then we are committed to him corporately together. And some people love the gospel, but they don't love the governance of the gospel. The gospel comes with commitments. It'll challenge you. Let me use the, the better English here, as I said. Requires us to change, submit our lives to God and his plans and his purposes, which include his church. He is building not only the blessings of the gospel, but the government of the gospel. It will cost us the authority, the demands, the restrictions that the gospel will put on your lives. But when we submit to it, and when we say, yeah, there is a plan for God to have elders and overseers. There is a plan for us to, to follow as, as a part of the body. There is a plan that we bring our finances together. There is a plan that we care for one another and we meet the needs of those around us. We are not selfish. We're not immature. We're growing. We're moving ahead in Christ. There is a plan in that, in that Jesus is building his church. And so when it, when it scratches my plans, when it comes, it's like, I find it abrasive, you know, I got to submit. I got to, like, I just want to be the boss of everything. I want to do my own thing. You realize when I submit to Christ and to his church and to those who God has put in authority over me, it's actually for my good and it's actually for the good of the church that Jesus is trying to build. And so, you know, I'm not hearing you hollering amen, hallelujah a lot here this morning. Choose your heart. Don't be part of this church. That's a choice. But choose your heart. You know, when I see a family like this, if I lived in Grand Prairie, I'd be in this church. You say, ah, yeah, well, you're just invited. So, no, man, I'm not stupid. I may look stupid. Hey, shh, don't say anything there. I'm not stupid. When I see people who are genuine, who are relational, who are together, who are, who are investing with their lives and have a vision to build something... I'm in. Amen? If I see, I don't even want to start naming things what I see, I, I would run for the hills. And so when you find a church that's got life, and there's, there's others, it's not, okay, I'm not just blowing wind here, but this is, this is a good church. And I'm saying to you, get in. Let the harness scratch a bit. You know, the yoke, get, get committed, get involved in this thing. 
Because what I was trying to say is when I see the kids in this church and I see the teenagers and I'm getting shorter, every time I come here, I feel like I'm shrinking. It's like, I don't know what you're eating up here. And is there chemicals in the grass or what? But good beef or something. When I see the, the health and I see the life, I'm like, yes, this is what's good for you. And it's the same in a family. Could I have the worship team come? It's the same in a family. Fathers, mothers, you get healthy first. You want your family free? You got to be free. Amen? And then you got to discipline. And then you got to do these things that I've been saying. You just don't allow sloppy living. You just don't allow waste. You don't allow greed. You don't allow selfishness. You don't allow... It's like, no, man, we're going we're gonna to work on this because it's for your good. You know that old story when you give a lick, you know, this is going to hurt you, me, more than it hurts you. No, actually, that's not true. <laughs> this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. But when we care for our kids, we take action. And in a church like this, you need strong leaders, strong couples, strong families, men and women, who pour out their life and say, yes, I'm committed to this. And so I'm asking you as a congregation, will you allow leaders to keep watch over you? Will you allow them to speak hard things, real things, challenging things? Will you trust them when they say, hey, you know what? We, we, we're going to do this. We feel God is in this. But it's going to take all of us, and it's going to take money, and it's going to take time. It's going to take prayer. It's, are you willing to say, yeah, we're in? I'm telling you, when that happens, there's nothing that the church cannot accomplish with God's help when God's people step up. And so that's my prayer this morning. Like driving up here to Grand Prairie, saying, God, Help me. Help me. If there's just one couple in this church that's sitting here today, and you just make that move, just like, okay, okay, let's see. Let's see, submitting to Christ, okay, submitting to his body, okay. Ah. If you just make that one step closer, it was worth driving up here. It's an amazing church. Is that okay? So, Father, I pray this morning. For everyone that's here, I pray for the elders and leaders of this church. As Paul said it, keep watch over yourselves. I pray, elders, and your wives, you'll watch over yourselves and over your families first. I pray in Jesus' name that you would deal with the stuff in your lives, stuff that's not pleasing to God deal with it for the sake of the body of Christ. And I pray for this flock, Lord. I pray that as sheep and your, your flock, you are the great shepherd, but you've given under shepherds, you've given pastors and leaders of this church position. I pray, Lord, that they would submit first to you, but then to one another. And I pray, God, that they would find a home here and they would find safety here and they would find life here for generations. As the name says, God, let this be a healthy place and a place for the kingdom to grow. And if there's one here this morning who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, 
I pray this morning they would surrender to Jesus. They would give their hearts to you this morning. We thank you, Father. And I choose my heart this morning. I choose to obey you. I choose to obey your word. I choose to be part of this family, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.